Interesting conversations this week, just so y'all know. I mean, I'm not going to have them all with you right now. But uh, two weeks ago, I preached out of 2 Peter 2, and I was preaching on the, uh, the opening to that, which talks about the false prophets and false teachers, and, and all of chapter 2 deals with um, uh, th- this, this idea of false prophets, false teachers, and the judgment that God will, uh, will hold them to, okay? That there are false prophets, and false teachers. So, so if we understand that there are false prophets and false teachers, we know that there are false prophecies, false ideas, there are false teachings, there, and there are folks who follow false prophets and false teachers. Now, I, I proposed the idea two weeks ago that, that why would a false prophet be a false prophet? I mean, either, you know, on one hand, they're just deceived themselves. You know, some... They're following a false prophet, false teacher. And so they're deceived and they're just propagating, you know, the deception. Or maybe as a false prophet, it has something to do with profit. Right? Could be that a false prophet gains something from being a false prophet. It might be actual some sort of monetary benefit. And that's referenced in the passage we're going to look at today. Um... It might be that it's influence. It might be that it's some kind of position, some kind of title, some kind of power, some kind of something uh, that, that encourages a person to, 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 to basically speak untruth. And I'll go ahead and say whether they know it or not. Because uh, the way that you know truth is to get into truth, which is Jesus. And I shared this two weeks ago. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Not, I'm telling you the truth, which he did tell us the truth. Not that the Bible contains, no, Jesus says, I am truth. And so for us to, to be about the truth is the goal. So what is it that Jesus has said to us? What are the things that we should be listening to and following? Can I just go ahead and tell you? If you don't hear a dozen false things in the world around us during the week, then you're just not listening. Okay? You're deaf. You, you walk around like this. Um, and, and so in the world around us, there is all kind of falsehood going on. So Peter is addressing this by inspiration of God uh, in the second chapter of his second letter. And this, this, is, this is how it goes. I'm going to read beginning in verse 10 or halfway through verse 10. It says, bold, arrogant people. Now, he's speaking of the false prophets and the false teachers. He says, bold, arrogant people, they're not afraid to slander the glorious ones. They're not, they're not, uh, they're, 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 they don't even hesitate. To slander the, 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 the angels of heaven and, 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 and God himself. Okay? They're, they're not worried about it. They're not afraid. However, angels who are greater in might and power do not bring a slanderous charge against them before the Lord. But these people. <laughs> now, I just have to say, this verse really comes to mind when I see a newscast. Just saying. Get mad at me if you want to. But here you go. But these people, like irrational animals, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed. Right? I had somebody ask me this week about animals and souls. I didn't think about that when I was eating that steak. I'm sorry. I just didn't. 
Irrational animals, creatures of instinct born to be caught and destroyed, slander what they do not understand, and in their destruction they too will be destroyed. They will be paid back with harm for the harm they have done. They consider it a pleasure to carouse in broad daylight. They are spots and blemishes delighting in their deceptions while they feast with you. They they have eyes full of adultery that never stop looking for sin. They seduce unstable people and have hearts trained in greed. Children under a curse. They have gone astray by abandoning the straight path and have followed the path of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of wickedness but received a rebuke for his lawlessness. A speechless donkey spoke with a human voice and restrained the prophet's madness. Now, here you go. This is, this is where the, 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 the point that I made a couple of weeks ago comes from, is that why would a person persist in falsehood? Why would a person? Because there's gain involved, right? And he goes on to talk about the fact that, that you know, they make proclamations, declarations. They deliver the ideas and the teachings that actually slander heaven. It slanders, you know, God on his throne. Some of the stuff we hear in our culture and society today is a slander against Jesus. It's a slander against angels. You see, there are political false prophets. There are societal, cultural false prophets. There are immoral false prophecies that have to do with physical pleasures and and just whatever I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, with who I want to do it. See, that's just corruption and sin, and that's the judgment that Peter's talking about right here. So so the title of today's message, I loved it that Scott went there with the whole uh, bondage thing. You know what? You can be free in Cuba. If you know Jesus, do you know that? Just like you can be free in America because you know Jesus. See, the liberty that we have is a liberty in who we are in Christ. It's not based on, you know, the ruler of the day. So, so, so Paul is, I mean, Peter is delivering this judgment. And he's talking about they seduce unstable people uh, the, and have hearts trained in greed. Children under a curse. So, so there's a whole category of people in the culture, in the world around us, and have been since Peter's day in the Roman Empire that are following after their own pleasure, their self-pleasure, their self-satisfaction, their self-aggrandizement, their self-promotion, all of that stuff. They're just following out after whatever makes them happy. Right? Yeah, oh, it pleases me so I can do it. I don't care how it hurts anybody. This, this, this one phrase here, they have eyes full of adultery that never stop looking for sin. Right? Do you know there are predators in our society man this is a tough message of judgment and i told you i have to since i'm preaching through second peter i have to finish this message last week i was pleased that god gave us a reprieve with the camp message let's look at good things that was last week (laughs) that's not this week okay so the title of the message is beware the bondage there is a bondage that the world will feed 
The world will seek to satisfy a bondage to self and self-pleasure and, and, and some kind of self-endorsement or, 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 or some sort of, you know, the, the, the building up of me. And, and, and the Bible even says that sin is, is a pleasure for a short time, a season, right? So what is the eternal pleasure that we have in Christ? You see? Pleasing God. So here's my question this morning. I listened to a podcast yesterday that, that was very challenging to me personally. Are we pleasing God this morning? I mean, it's great to say, yes, we're in worship. We're pleasing God. Is this the worship that pleases God? Okay? Is it? I mean, uh, I, it's just a question. Because pleasing God doesn't come with attendance. Okay? Pleasing God doesn't come with song selection. Pleasing God doesn't come with biblical passages. Pleasing God is a heart motivation. It starts here. You see, if the purpose of gathering is to please God, to love God, you see, that pleases God. Right? So, so what kind of worship pleases God? The kind of worship that loves Him first, most, best, completely. Secondly, what kind of worship pleases God? The kind of worship that loves each other. Right? That we love each other. So God called us to do. Jesus said, they'll know you're my followers. If you love one another, a new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Man, and, and, and so Peter is, is, Peter is writing to Christians, okay? He's not writing to the lost. He's writing to believers, the elect, the gathered and scattered. And he's saying, look, there are false prophets out there trying to lead even the gathered away. Trying to pull you into bondage to self-satisfaction. Okay? It's tough, tough work. Oh, so who is this Balaam guy? Y'all know who Balaam is, right? Ba ba Balaam's the guy that, uh, he's kind of like Shrek. He talks to a donkey. Right? So Balaam's this guy, he's a prophet. He, is, he, he has been, is, is designated a prophet. To God's people, one who shares God's message with and to God's people. And yet there's a king who, who, who wants to defeat God's people. And so he enlists, he hires one of God's prophets. He said, here, I'll pay you to give a negative message to God's people so that they'll get demoralized and I can defeat them in battle. And uh-uh, uh-uh, that's not what God's called me to do. No, how about I pay you this much? No, that's a, you know, how about I pay you this much? And Balaam goes, mm. okay. So Balaam's on his way on his donkey to go meet with the king to, to get this whole prophetic payday set up. And on the way, <laughs> the angel of the Lord. Now, some some scholars believe that when you see in the Old Testament the word an angel of the Lord, that's an angel of the Lord. When you see the words the angel of the Lord with a direct object, that's Jesus. That's pre-incarnate Christ. So in this particular context, the angel of the Lord stood before Balaam in the, in the road. 
Balaam's so caught up in his own self-promotion that he doesn't even see the angel of the Lord with a sword. But the donkey does. How about that? So the donkey veers off the path because he's not about to run into Jesus. He veers off the path and Balaam beats him. He veers off the path the other way. Balaam beats him. Finally, the donkey goes, Hey! Why do you keep beating me? Can't you see the angel of the Lord with that sword? And suddenly, Balaam sees. Folks, do we see the misdirection going on around us? Do, 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 we, do we see the challenge of falsehood in our culture, in our world? Is it our heart's desire to please God or to fit in? We, not be, we might not be a part of the whole self-promotion thing. We might just want to be fitting in. We might just want to be one of the crowd. And so we adopt certain things of the culture just so we fit in. Right? Do we see that kind of? I love it. It says a speechless donkey spoke. Speechless donkey spoke. I think that's cool. You know, I've jokingly said, you know, God tries to get our attention any way he can. Burning bush, pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, donkey. Right? These people are springs without water, mist driven by a storm. The gloom of darkness has been reserved for them. For by uttering boastful, empty words, they seduce with fleshly desires and debauchery people who have barely escaped from those who live in error. They promise them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption since people are enslaved to whatever defeats them. For if, having escaped the world's impurity through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in these things and defeated, the last state is worse for them than the first. The bondage is even stronger. Jesus said if you clean the house and don't put something in its place, seven demons move in. Seven times, right? For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after knowing it to turn back from the holy command delivered to them. It has happened to them according to the true proverb. A dog returns to its own vomit. And a washed sow returns to wallowing in the mud. So there is a warning against bondage and error. If God has redeemed you, don't go back. You see? If God by his spirit is lifting you out of the pit, don't dive in head first. And he mentions particularly what is essentially sensuality and immorality. You know, I'm guarding my words a little bit because we do have young folks in the room. But we see it in the news every day and it's proclaimed as righteous. We live in a culture that celebrates immorality. We live in a culture that celebrates self-pleasure. Right? And here, I've always said this. I mean, I've been saying this from year, for years from this pulpit. You know, you can do anything you want to. God says so. You can do anything you want to. You just can't call it all Christian. 
There are choices being made out in the world today. They say, well, I can do this because love is love. Well, you can do it. You just can't call it Christian. You just can't say that you're following Jesus. Okay? I'm just warning you. It's what he's talking about right here. Because he says it's better to not know the truth than to know the truth and then jump back in the mud. So that's the, the, the danger of sin and error. And there is an escape to freedom. God frees us. God delivers us. We've been redeemed. We've been made new. We've been made whole. You see? There is great joy in eternal pleasure. Not pleasure for a season. Sin for a season. Oh, that makes me feel good about myself. I think I'll keep that up. Right? All that's passing. All that fades. Proverbs 14, 12 says this. I didn't give you this, Amanda, so don't worry about it. There is a way that seems right to us, to a man or to a woman or to a person, but the end is the way of death. See, that's the NLT translation right there. And, and I, I was going to reference this, but look at it. There is a way. Oh, no, she jumped over to CSB. Look at you. The word said path. So I looked it up. I thought way. All right, so anybody know how? Anybody know how to make chocolate chip cookies? And if you say take it out of a pack and make balls out of it, stick it on a pan, that ain't the way my mama made them. Right? Way, like a process point, like, all right, you do this, then you do this, then you do this. That's the way you make cookies, right? All right. That's not this way. This way means path. It means what that NLT translation said. There is a, 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 a way that seems right to me. There's a way that I would choose as being the right way. I would choose it, not revealed by God, not, not God's wisdom and direction. There's a way that pleases Bobby. The end thereof is the path, the way to death. See, Solomon wrote that, Proverbs. The idea that, that guess what? The way of the world leads to death. And if Solomon wrote it, then it's, it's unwise. Right? That's not very smart. I'm real, you know, I, I've uh, said to people, people always, you know, I, I had it happen this week. Somebody said they needed some counseling. I said, sorry, I don't give counsel. I'm not a counselor. I'm a preacher. If you come talk to me, I'm going to preach. I've told people something, you can do that if you want to, but I really suspect at this point in your choices that you're not going to enjoy the outcome. I've had people say, well, that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to be honest with you. People say, well, you shouldn't say I told you so. Yes, I should. Because I told you so. Do you realize the Bible says I told you so thousands of times? That's God simply saying, mm, told you so. 
Okay? So I don't feel bad saying I told you so. There is a way that seems right to a man, to a person. But the end thereof is the path to death. We have to warn people. Peter is warning people. I get up here and shout because I want to warn people. Seek your own pleasure. That's the path to death. There's danger in going back. So there's a psalm in uh, Psalm 19, verse 14. I'm going to give man a chance to find it. Here's a, here's a prayer, y'all. This is just a prayer psalm. You ready? I wrote all these down this morning. These weren't there when I sent this outline. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Now, that word is roston in Hebrew. I did write that down. I wrote the, in, the pronunciation down because, yeah. But it's translated a number of different ways. If you look at an NIV Bible, which I used prior to going to college, and I jumped over to the NASB, and then I jumped over to the ESB, and now I'm in the CSB, and Psalm 1914. Oh, okay. Well, I might have written it down here wrong. Okay. Here's my Psalm 1914. See, you had me questioning myself. Yeah, <laughs> me too, neither. All right. May the words. <clears throat> All right, so this is what you say. May the words of my mouth. <clears throat> May the things I say to God, to you, to friends, to family, to, to strangers, to anybody, may the words of my mouth be acceptable to you, Lord. NIV says, be pleasing to you, O Lord. Now, see, we live in a, a graded society, right? You know, I went through school thinking average is cool. See, it's passing. Woo! You know, I go back to that thing where I say, you know, part of my job in college was to read the syllabus and figure out mediocrity. Right? Okay, I can pass right here. I can do this much and get a passing grade. That's the way I went through um, part of my college career. Acceptable. You know, God only accepts the best that you can give Him. Okay, the best that you can give Him. And since He knows our hearts, may the words of my mouth be pleasing to you God may the meditation of my heart be pleasing to you God not just the thoughts of my mind but the very origins of my thoughts which produce the words God I want to be pleasing to you God my rock my redeemer see that I, I, I don't want to please me there are things in the world around me that please me. I want to make sure that my first goal, my first inclination, my first motivation, my first, first priority, my first value is that I please God. 
in everything that I think, feel, say, do. I want to please God. <clears throat> Paul <laughs> issues this question. I didn't write this one down, so I've got to go find it. You ready, Amanda? Galatians 1.10. Paul is writing to the church scattered throughout Galatia, the body of Christ scattered all over Galatia. These letters are going to be read in each home. And, and Paul writes this, he says, For am I now trying to persuade people or God? Because he, he, he's writing about the gospel. He's writing about the good news of Jesus Christ. He says, am I trying to persuade people or God? Or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of God. You know, if I wanted fame and fortune and, 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 and all of that, <laughs> I wouldn't be serving Jesus. Jesus said, if you want to be first, you've got to be last. You got to serve one another. See that? And yet our culture, our world, the society we live in says, step on everybody you can to get to the top. That's false prophecy. That's false teaching. Matter of fact, Jesus said, take up your cross every day. And follow me. See, if we're going to follow Jesus, He comes first in everything. Not what I want, not what pleases me, not what necessarily makes me happy. It might be in sacrifice. It might be in surrender. It might be in persecution. It might be in loss. See? Or it could have been in, in incredible great joy of the fellowship and, and the communion that we have with God, our Creator, with Jesus, our Savior and Lord. And, and we get to commune. He gave us entrance into the Holy of Holies so that we could spend time with Him. And that's eternal pleasure, not sin for a season. See, Peter's judgment, the, the inspired Word of God in 2 Peter chapter 2 is harsh. But when you read that part where he says, and, and I, I'll get to chapter 3. Dear friends, all right, I just, <laughs> Peter's going, all right, I just pronounced a whole lot of judgment. Dear friends, it is now the second letter I've written to you. In both letters, I want to stir up your sincere understanding by way of reminder. He's trying to encourage them to what they believed, to, to the, the, the call of God in their lives. By the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Folks, that's why we gather for worship. So that we can be more intent on pleasing God. And who he's called us to be. Are you pleasing God this morning? See? Or, or are you already in your mind going, Okay, I'm going to do this because it makes me happy. 
careful. There is a way <laughs> that seems right to people, but the end thereof is the path to death. Pray with me. God, thank you. Thank you that you have called us higher. You have lifted us up. You have made us new creations. And God, the world, Satan, offers so many distractions, so many enticements. God, help us to continually, constantly be mindful of the psalmist's words. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, Lord, my rock, my redeemer. God, this morning, I want to be found pleasing to you. I want to bring you pleasure. God, I, I want to experience and know the joy of fellowship with you. God, if there's someone here this morning that doesn't know Jesus, God, I, I, I just want, I, I would love to introduce them to Jesus. God, if there are Christians here this morning who, who are distracted by the, the falseness of this world, God, I pray that you call them back to truth in Christ. The truth that is Christ. God, thank you. Thank you. It, it, it is so cool, God, to see you go before us. God, help us to follow closely after you. God, I, I don't want my words to be pleasing to men. I want my words to be pleasing to you. So God, as we meet to worship, to declare your worth in our lives, God, help us to bow. Help us to surrender. God, help us to be who you called us to be. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.